Welcome to part two of the podcast with Casey Gray. We're going to pick up right where we left off, man. But this podcast really focuses on the people side of construction, the relationships, and really what it boils down to, like we always talk about, if you have great relationships, you're going to go really far in life. Casey, yeah. we're, you know, the, the common theme that we are, we're kind of centering around has been a lot of it's just been relationships and, and just how to navigate those. So go into a little bit, you know, how much relationships matter in the construction industry and in life in general, but especially being a business owner, dealing, you know, working with clients, working with uh, subcontractors and vendors and everyone else, you know, just having to have that skill of being someone who can talk to Every a little bit of everyone, a little bit of different kinds of personalities, different people you know, across the board. And how does that play in? And how do you work on that skill? So I have to admit that I'm not the greatest with relationships in the sense because I'm talking to so many people, right? So it's one of those things where uh, my my I've done quite a few personality tests too, and uh, there's one in particular, which is pretty simple. It's called true colors, but it breaks it down in four categories. One of them is kind of the relationships category. And that was kind of my lowest scoring. It's not to say that I don't care about people and I don't want to make a difference and take care of them and so forth. It's, I don't put as much emphasis because I have put so much time into the business or I put so much time into uh, focus on the future, the growing growth, whatever it may be, right. The adventure side, Um, when I'm with people, I can be with them and focus on them and so forth. But that's where I find is one of my weaknesses. But instead of trying to work on that weakness and make it better, although I am always trying to make it better, I also need to find somebody who can fill that, who already has it as a strength, right? Who naturally it is a strength to, because if you, we don't necessarily always want uh, stronger weaknesses, right? We want to continue to work, make sure that we understand who we are and focus on what we're good at. And that's where my partner and one of my brothers was Chad, like relationships are like, that was like top or number two for him. Right. So he's, he's our COO. So he's very much the person who checks in with everyone, make sure everybody's good is focusing on them. I focus on the relationships with the clients because I'm kind of more focusing on the sales side and the marketing side. He's focusing internally. I'm obviously involved with everything, but there's only so many hours in a day. Right. So relationships are definitely to your point are definitely everything, whether it's with your, with your team members, whether it's with your uh, employees or sorry, with your clients or with sub trades, they need to be maintained somehow, but they don't necessarily be need to be maintained by the, the same person. Like if you're our, if you're the entrepreneur, if you're the owner, you don't need to be the one that's going out of your way to make sure that you're always doing this. You just need to make sure that you focus on your key players, maintain those relationships and give them the tools that they need so that they can do the same, right? So that they can, they can take care of the people out there. Right. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to what you're talking about as the business owner, you know, you're able to to have those hard conversations because you've had so many of them. When I think about that on a job site in commercial construction, I think about how the guys that come into the trailer that aren't used to maybe being in the management role, you know, one of the first things they do is when something doesn't go well, it's, you know, a smart comment, you know, frustration, yelling, like a few choice words. And, you know, as a person in management, you have to, not just saying management knows everything, but do you have to kind of, how, how do I take that in and how do I not give it back to them? And how do I work through that hard conversation? But that's also part of construction, the relationship side that, man, 
life ain't always easy in the construction industry. And there's going to be times where those relationships are really pushing you to, to, to not want to actually put in what you really need to. But when I think about relationships, I think that one of the most important things is being able to, again, go back to that psychology side is picking out who each of your subcontractors foreman are and figuring out what makes them tick. What's something that you realize whenever they're having a bad day, what's that thing? Cause that's what I try to do. I try to go in and wow, I can tell my plumber, my plumbing foreman, he's not doing well today. I'm going to go talk to him after this meeting and see what's going on. He may have something in his personal life. On my last job, it was this fire sprinkler guy and he was going, had something going on with his family and he didn't want to tell anybody, but Hey, I just spent, two or three minutes wanting to know what's going on. And then when I go back to my superintendent and tell him, Hey, he's not doing too well. Hey, how'd you know that? Well, I, I mean, I cared. Like I, I gave enough yeah. to understood that something was going on there. And so, I mean, we, we commit, we've been talking about it, but I'm going to keep rambling, but I just think that you, you can't put enough importance on the relationship side and really the people side, because I just think so much about my own career. I'll go ahead and admit it. I, I don't know everything about construction, never will. I don't, I won't ever have the most experience that I want. I'm going to try to continue to get there. But what I am good at is the people. And I think that if you don't understand the people side, you can gain all the experience you want, <clears throat> but you're going to be very limited with, with, with your ceiling and leadership. And that's just, you know, my opinion. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, if you can't navigate the people side. One one little thing I'll add to that, because you mentioned like, you know, people coming in and screaming and yelling and stuff. One thing I, I have realized is sometimes you need to meet people where they're at so that you can bring them back down too, right? Not to say that yelling and screaming is going to handle it and I never start there. But I've, you know, been in situations where they're just not hearing and they're they're there. And then it's just like you meet them where they're at, and then all of a sudden their brain goes, Oh, he's like me. And then you can start to um guide the conversation and bring the tone back down to a manageable level and come up to a point where you can actually come up with a solution instead of being angry. Right. But that's, um, that's uh, like I said, it's lots, lots of practice and, and I, I still, my wife will attest to this. I, my temper, it was worse before probably because <laughs> of what I grew up watching to some extent, but uh, now it's like a controlled thing. Let, let's pivot here. You know, let's get back into um, what you're specifically doing. I saw one of the things you talked about was uh, passive house construction. What is that? Because I have never heard of that. So passive house, like if you're talking about the actual certification, is one of the most rigorous building standards in the world. It's actually a lot easier to do in like commercial build, like larger say apartment buildings, for example, okay. versus like a single home, because the bigger the building, the easier it actually yeah. is to hit. Essentially what it is, is a building standard that focuses on reducing the amount of energy used for heating and cooling and making the building as airtight as possible. So wow. they measure it by 0.6 air changes per hour or less, uh, which would be at 50 kilopascal. So I, I'm assuming you've heard of blower door tests. Like when you do a blower door test on a house. So yeah, so that has to be at 0.6 or less than they do a pressurized pressurization of the home as well as a depressurization uh, and they average out the two and that'll give you your blower door test. Um, and then they also base it on like shading. So the whole, the whole process is actually pretty uh, tedious in the sense that you need to make sure you have the right design team on board because it needs to be designed for the lot. Right. So if the lot, so that's why if somebody's selling 
to some extent, you can pre-design passive houses if you over-design them, and it depends on the climate, uh, but it really comes down to the shading around the lot, the orientation of the lot, uh, you know, trees, buildings, uh, anything else, you know, how you can position it, the design, where the windows are, how do you shade the windows and so forth, right? So it kind of goes to the extreme of building healthy, comfortable, and efficient homes. That's really cool. That's cool. And I don't know, we had a guest on. I have to say the end of last year, but he, um, his name's Brian Melcher and he's out of Arizona and he does all things building envelope wise. And so he would probably be right up your alley figuring this out. But what does that kilopascal, is that like a pressurization? Yeah. So that would be, I guess the, the pressure of the, the wind, right? How much wind pressure. So when you do 50 kilopascals, per hour to my, cause I'm not the building science guy either. Like I understand yeah. it to what I need to, to build the homes, but we've worked <laughs> with energy advisors who do all the calculations. Right. So we just need right. to make sure that we install the products properly. And we understand it, but the 50 kilopascals would simulate 50 kilometer hour winds on all four sides of the building. Gotcha. gotcha. So, you know, it's, and if you're pressurized, it's either blowing things out cause you have vents that close. Right. But there's also vents that they open if you pressurize it. Right. So that's where you have to be very careful. Um, so the the other thing though is like talking about Arizona, like building in Arizona. Mm. Who's I? T- I was talking to somebody recently. They were building, might have been California, but either way, like there, what they needed to hit for pa- to get passive house certification where they were was minimum, essentially minimum building code for where we are here in Canada, because mm. we have to go to such an extreme because we have extreme cold and extreme heat and humidity right so if you go to somewhere that's more temperate they don't really need heat maybe they need but they you know can use air conditioning but might not even need that either like it becomes a very different right so passive houses will vary depending on where you are in the world right and i don't know if you've heard of uh, matt risinger he's in Mm -hmm. austin texas i don't know walker what what his podcast is called but you know if, if you follow him you know he's doing a lot of great things yeah. but the build um, show i think is yeah is the podcast yeah right and i think that one of those times i actually got to figure out what this was and people if you've never heard of it go look it up maybe we'll put something in the show notes with the blower door test but his one spe- specifically is really cool because like it literally is showing you the difference from when he opens up a window when he opens up this hallway door when he opens up the back door and they they're testing all of it and it's just fascinating to see man building really can be a science i know a lot of the people in the world think that construction is just a bunch of guys that don't know what they're talking about but the more you start to learn about construction and you get down to the testing and the quality you start to see that man these people really know what they're talking about and so that's one of the reasons we started this podcast casey was to show people that the misconception that the only way you get into construction is just with a shovel. Like we're trying to show parents and the younger generation that there's so many different avenues. There's more than one way to get in. And if you end up in construction with just a shovel, that's okay. But there's also a lot of different segments of construction where you can find your fit and you can find your niche. And then that's just something where you can be passionate and you can be really good at. Yeah, absolutely. Building is definitely a science and you need to look at buildings as a system. It's no longer like you can't have, and this is one of the biggest hurdles I think we have in the construction industry is every trade needs to understand how the home, I I deal with residential, but how how the home is, everything affects another thing, right? The framer needs to make sure he does what he does for the air barrier to be done properly. There is a difference between an air barrier and a vapor barrier. The, The 
the electrician needs to make sure they don't poke a hole through it by accident or the drywaller doesn't need to can't cut the vapor barrier or the air barrier if it is the air barrier to try and find the stud right there's so many things that need to happen and it's very much a science and uh i think there's a lot of progress we need to make yeah. in the construction industry Hey, see, how do you get this buy-in among your different trades that you work with? You know, you talked about everyone has to kind of do their part in it, and that's hard to do, you know. And I, I assume, you know, you know what assuming does, but I assume over time you found different people who who kind of have the same thought process as you and the same beliefs as you, and when it comes to building a home, you know. But w- what is the process of that, and how how have you found that buy-in among all your different different vendors throughout your different home projects? So at first, they made fun of me. <laughs> For wearing Birkenstocks, even though I never owned any Birkenstocks <laughs> in my life. That was the joke. But because uh, we started off, we kind of started this, or I started my, call it, you know, green building career, passive mm-hmm. house building career yeah. uh, with our own certified passive house. And wow, awesome. uh, to some extent, there's definitely training and they're usually open to it. Because we're on smaller jobs, it's a little bit easier. We're working with smaller sub trades, right? So they actually take a lot more pride in their work. Uh, I know that commercial job sites can be a lot different because there are people who do take their job serious, but then there's others who are just there because right. they want a yep. paycheck and they don't care, right. right? That's just the nature nature of the beast. That's in all, all, uh, all businesses. Right. But um, so for, for us, it hasn't been that difficult, but the, the trickiest part is, is the, the sub trades that also use subs like drywallers, right? So the drywall company yeah. will send in yeah. a couple guys to board the house. And if you're not watching them or if you haven't caught them or something, they will just do what they need to because they don't care. They're just going to put the board up, right? right. So right. that's where it gets a, a little trickier. Um, but usually if you're dealing with the same guys, obviously workers, we do a lot in-house too. So we can, we can navigate that okay. quality control. And the good news is, is that the majority of the construction industry is small companies, mm. right? Hence why we started the Contra Builder Cabinet. There's very few really big construction companies, right? Right. So if we can have an impact on the guys that are doing the small renovations and custom homes, right. uh, that, that'll have a big impact over time for sure. That's cool. Yeah. And when you think about it, you just, when you brought up the, the drywall guys, it's fascinating to me when you get into the quality side and you figure out a guy is getting paid by the piece or by the board. So I don't know how it is in Canada, but the job I'm on right now, they are multi-stick or multi-family framers, stick framing. And so those guys, it's production work, you know, it's just blowing it out. They may have known that they framed a wall wrong, but in two weeks, they'll have a punchless crew coming to fix it. They just want to get as much up in a day that they can. And to me, it's just backwards. Like, why are we paying our guys to get paid by the piece when we know we're going to have to come back and rip something out? Why don't we try to change that up? And so the more you get into construction, the more you figure out you know, how people get paid and how do you go about approaching them and getting them good quality out. I just, that's something that, that flickered my mind. I don't know if that means anything to you, but I just think about that. Like, it's just an odd thing. Yeah, it's tricky. There's a, there's a lot of things we need to sort out right, in, right. in this, in this industry. And, and uh, the trades has always been one of those questions where I sit around tables with a lot of people trying to figure this out. And, and I think a lot of the time it's, it's always, it's always funny. I heard it and heard an interesting quote the other day. I don't I can't remember where it was. It was on a podcast somewhere, but the only thing that ever comes out of a conference usually is 
that was really good. Let's have another conference. Right. Right. So <laughs> there's yeah. never, there's rarely any actual solutions that come out of conferences or anything. You get some information, but um, I feel like we've been talking about the same stuff in the industry for, for a long time a and it hasn't really changed. We're still slapping. We're starting to see some change in the building code where we are and they're changing, you know, where the emphasis is. Um, but at the end of the day, like it really comes down to the consumer to some extent, what are they willing to pay for? Yeah. True. And that's what I, that's what I tell people is if you really want to make a difference, put your money where your mouth is. When you go to the grocery store and you buy something from the grocery store, they track it, they scan it, you pay for it. The more you buy of that thing, the more they will bring in. So if you want to eat healthy, organic, natural food, buy more of that because the grocery store will see that you're buying more and they will bring more in. If you continue to buy the garbage, they're just going to keep bringing garbage in. Same yep. goes for houses. If you continue to buy garbage houses, they're just going to keep building garbage houses and they're going to push back a little bit Super and good. they're going to continue to to make a difference. So until people are willing to stop buying garbage houses, it's kind of tricky because we need houses to live in. Right. Uh, what do you do? Right. So right. I, I don't know uh, what yeah. the answer is. I think this is a bigger conversation. But, <laughs> well, a lot uh, of that comes into, you know, you have the massive builders who build just hundreds of homes in a neighborhood and they're going for quality over or quantity over quality. Right. But then you have, you know, but they can sell it cheap. And that's the problem because, you know, for, for you, you build beautiful homes, super great functional, quality. great quality, but they might cost a little bit more. And it's that difference that people, they're like, eh, I don't want to pay this extra, you know, X amount for this house where I could just buy this house. But the, the thing they don't know is over time, it's actually costing them a lot more to buy that yeah. mass produced house because right. there's so much maintenance. It's things are going to well, fall not if they apart. Get rid of you it have quick. air. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's, that's, that's fair. Yeah. That's a good part. That's a good point. If you keep it for a while, if you keep on jump, you know, house jumping, then yeah, that's one thing. You know, but if it's a home that you want to live in, and the quality truly does matter, and you're starting to see that, just and I've seen it in many mass-produced neighborhoods. You can just touch the door handles and tell the quality of a home <laughs> by by doing that. You know, yeah. Casey, where do you where do you see the conscious builder going? You know, what is your your ultimate goal with it, and and what is the vision that you have for the next five, 10 years in doing so? Uh, I really see the Contra Builder Academy having a big impact and helping other builders. We're still going to continue to do what we do, but I don't see the construction side. We don't want to become a massive construction company, right? We want to continue right. to do what we're doing and grow a little bit more and, and continue to do really interesting projects. And maybe one thing we haven't done yet is built some of our own homes to sell, but I don't want to be like a massive developer, right? If somebody came to me and said, Hey, do you want to partner on this, you know, net zero sustainable development might be a different story. Then I'll partner with somebody uh, or figure that out. But uh, where I see us having the biggest impact is with the Academy and helping other businesses understand how to build better and how to stay in business and uh, really targeting younger guys. Like I'm just thinking of myself when I went and started my business you don't really know how much you don't know <laughs> until you get into it. And it's kind of like who I, I feel who it's, it's for anybody who's in the construction industry really, but the way we're designing it, it's for the people who realize like I need help. And uh, I know that there's more that I need to learn. And I know that there's a better way to do stuff. Um, and, you know, maybe they've been in business a few years and they're at a point where it's like, all right, 
I'm ready to go to the next level. Cause I definitely gone through phases at first. I was the one swinging the hammer, right. And eventually you slowly come off and then you find your first guy who's like leading the project. Um, but every time you make a change like that, your business changes, your expenses go up, everything starts to, to, to snowball. And you don't really understand how that's all playing, uh, how that's all playing out at the end of the day. Um, but to do that and then also learn how to build better houses and get the projects. Like there's a lot yeah. people don't understand how much there is to business a person yeah. who's never been in business doesn't understand it, but a person who's never been in business and construction either is completely different. All right. And if you want to figure it out, just go try to start a business and see how that yeah. goes. So, <laughs> so Casey, what is, what's one course you think from the Conscious Builder Academy that you would tell our young audience that they should go try to get a hold of and, and really dive into? Well, it depends on what they're trying to achieve, but if they are looking to start a business or they have started a business, like we do have a free course. It's the top five things I wish that I knew before I started my, my business. Oh, that's cool. Um, we do have a lot of other things coming out. Like we have the conflict resolution toolkit that you kind of alluded to before. So that's more of a PDF. Um, if you're looking to actually market and, and get more sustainable projects, that was our most recent course was how to market and sell passive houses and other sustainable homes. Um, so, uh, and then I do have a cash management one there as well. Um, but there's a lot of great books out there too. Uh, we have, a as part of that, I think there's a PDF where I have like all these recommended books, uh, that I've read over the years that has helped Definitely me through business. That. That's awesome. So that should be, if you can't find that, let me know it's somewhere, somewhere <laughs> on there. It might be part of a package or something. Yeah. I can't, can't remember now, but I know we have it somewhere. Cool. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot. And then Obviously, there's all of our free stuff if money's tight or whatever it may be. We have a ton of stuff on YouTube and we do a ton of great interviews like you guys are doing here. So there's there's no shortage of content out there that people can find if they're looking for. But if they want more direct stuff, then I feel like sometimes when you pay, you can you can get a lot further quicker. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And guys, just to let you know, it's called the Conscious Builder Podcast. And Casey has at least double the amount of podcasts we do. So you get a lot of content there. That's what he's really talking about. But, you know, Casey, as we wind down, we always ask these two questions tailored toward our younger audience. If you could tell or encourage someone that if you could encourage someone to come into the industry, what are some qualities you think they should have? Uh, I think the, the biggest one is what you mentioned is, is those people skills. Uh, that's a lot harder to train. It's easy to teach someone how to build a wall, how to run a wire, how to plumb in a pipe. Uh, it's a lot harder to train somebody how to be good with people uh, and how to understand people. If you're good with people, doesn't matter what industry you're in, you can go far. Absolutely. hundred percent. So work on yourself, work on, uh, work on understanding yourself and work on understanding people and that'll serve you in every career, no matter what it is. I love it. That's awesome. Casey, if you, if you could take and invent a time machine and go back into your 20 year old self and college, I've asked this question a lot. So I'm trying to change up how I ask it and make it more fun. You get a time machine, go back in time, go to your 20 year old self. What would you say to yourself, you know, with the knowledge and wisdom that you know now? I don't think I'd say anything because it's the butterfly effect, right? Um, I don't think I'd say anything because although I wouldn't wish a lot of the stuff that I had to go through on anybody, I wouldn't change it because it's made me who I am today. 
right? So awesome. I've been in court for four years, you know, for a project. I don't wish that on anybody, wow. but I'm glad I went through it because now everything else is a piece of cake, right? And now we know what we need to do to avoid that, right? So, um, and now we understand the impact that that has on the business, right? So if I didn't go through the experiences of, uh, if I was having this conversation with a friend the other day too, it's like, you don't know, we are all, all who we are because of what we've gone through, right? We would all be who we are. Like if I was in your shoes, I'd be the exact same as you if I had to go through what you went through, right? And you can look at anybody for this, right? So I don't think I'd want to change anything because we would have never mapped. We would have never had this conversation. True. That's a good point. I never thought about might, it that way. Might be the first <laughs> one to say that. I like it. Yeah. That's I a like great that. point. Casey, thank you so much for being on. Dude, this was awesome. Uh, I seriously learned a ton. Uh, and it's really cool to see and, and listen to someone and talk to someone that has the same beliefs that you do just with housing and just trying to make it better just for people oriented, people focused, you know, and, and not so much as profits. And I think that's a great place to be. Uh, so thank you again for your time. Uh, and just truly enjoyed having you on here. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. You guys, uh, have a great podcast here. Thanks, Casey. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We cannot tell you how thankful we are for every single one of our listeners. And we genuinely want to know and learn about you a little bit more. So if you're interested, uh, maybe sending us a question or just saying, hey, or wanted to talk to us a little bit, please reach out to us at contact at laying-foundations.com. If you need, if you didn't hear that, didn't understand it, you can go in our show notes and just click on the link and write us an email, please. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Seriously, me and Davis get excited every single time we get an email from one of our listeners. It, it, it genuinely makes our day. But if you want to find out a little bit more about us uh, via social media, Davis is going to tell you a little bit how to do that. Yeah, thanks, Walker. Guys, like Walker said, reach out to us any way you can. We appreciate feedback, whether you like it or not. You know, it helps us grow in any way. We're welcome. We're, we're here to listen. And whenever you guys tell us, we're going to try to implement that into our strategy. But how to get in contact with us on social media. We have a LinkedIn account called the Lang Foundations Podcast. We have uh, Walker, Walker Lott's LinkedIn profile. We have Davis Hambrick LinkedIn profile. We have a TikTok page called Lang.Foundations. We have an Instagram page, Lang Foundations. And then, you know, that's where we're at. These are all down in the in the show notes. But, guys, we just want to put this out there and – However you want to get in contact with us, we're, we're, we're imploring you, please just reach out to us. We'll respond. We'll get back to you. And we want Good. to hear from you. That, that You're the reason, one of the reasons why we're doing this. We want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback. How can we grow and how can we get better? Because like we said before, um, receiving accountability and receiving feedback is one of our core values. And that defines Walker and I at our core. We want to hear your feedback. And we want to be, be held accountable.